chapter 16. Wasn't it good to hear that update? It was amazing that having been uh, praying for these guys all that time, whilst they were away, to hear back from it. It was really good, so thanks for sharing, Jem and Susie. Very inspiring. Um, okay, so we are, as we mentioned earlier, by the way, sorry, my name's Nev, one of the pastors here, if you didn't know. Um, so it's nice to be here with you this morning, sharing from God's Word, uh, as I said, from 1 Corinthians 16. And um, we are concluding our series today uh, in our 39th week. So um, not quite a biblical number. It would, 40 might have been a bit better. But uh, hey, 39 weeks, we got through it. And um, we're going to be going through to the end of the book, so mostly chapter 16 today. And uh, we gave this series the title, Becoming Love. Can you say, Becoming Love? Yes, Becoming Love. Um, why? Because that's one of the great main themes that comes through in the book of 1 Corinthians, as hopefully you have seen. It's a book that's ultimately about um, how the Corinthians are to be a people of love, a people who um, love Christ and then love one another, and how they can learn to do that more and more through the empowering of Jesus. Everything they do should flow from this place of love, as it should for us, Community Church Putney. Amen? Yes. Amen? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Um, so we want to be those who are becoming love. Now, I imagine that probably none of us here would say at the end of this series, oh yeah, we got to the end, we have now become love. We are the definition of love, we've got it. I don't know if anyone of us would say that, but we are continually on this process of becoming more and more like Jesus, more and more like one who is love and who loves others. And so our key verse for today and our title for this message is from 1 Corinthians 16.14, which says in the NIV, do everything in love. Four simple words there, so if you don't remember anything else from this message, it's this, do everything in love. That's what it's saying here, that's what Paul says to them. And um, I was just thinking back as I was preparing, remembering when I used to work as a children's entertainer a few years back, so I, I spent a number of years doing that, and um, I would get dressed in various characters to entertain kids, and one of the first um, parties I did was a, a Pirates of the Caribbean-themed party, and I was to be Captain Jack Sparrow. And so um, I put on that character. I was given... I work with a company, so I was given um, a costume. I don't have that costume um, still, but... Uh, let me find it in here. I've got something that could vaguely represent uh, a pirate. So I would be in character, so I would put on... Captain Jack Sparrow. So here we go. It's my little pirate bandana. Might be better without the glasses. And when I put this on, I was empowered to be Captain Jack Sparrow. Hello, children. So we're going to be a pirate today. Do you want to come and have some fun on the pirate ship? Everything I now do, I can do as a pirate because I am Captain Jack Sparrow because I am in Captain Jack Sparrow costume, you see. And as soon as I take it off, I become me again. I'm a bit rusty, but you get the idea. And so I'm in that character as I dress myself in those 
clothes. And uh, today, we're going to be thinking about how we can do everything, not in the character of a pirate, but everything in love. As that verse says, do everything in love. So how do we do this? How do I do this? What I've got to do is I need to clothe myself in love or allow God to clothe me in his love. I get to wear this robe that God has given me, freely given to me. So we read in the Bible how Joseph in the Old Testament, he was given a robe by his father who loved him, a special robe, wasn't he? We hear Jesus tell this story about the prodigal son. And when the prodigal son returns, feeling like, oh no, I've, I've dishonored my father. What does he do, the father? He gets him, he hugs him, and then he dresses him in this robe, totally undeserved, but he gets it. His father lavishes him with this love. And we too are robed in this love of God. Now obviously, this is just a a bathrobe, but to illustrate the point, we get to put on this robe. We get to wear it. And it's from our heavenly Father. And when we're in it, what we're doing is I am wearing, this is a representation of I am in Christ. So God looks at me and sees the perfection of his Son. Jesus died on the cross for me for all my sins. I didn't do anything to put myself right before God, but Jesus did it for me. And then God the Father says, here, because of my Son, you, Nev, can now wear this robe of righteousness. This is my love on you. And now I, as a Christian, am empowered, am able to do everything that I do in love. So I can do it in this way. So I'm doing eating, I'm working, I'm drinking, I'm thinking. Everything I'm doing is in this love, God's love. Matt and Helen uh, cooked a lovely meal for us this week. Uh, We had an elders and wives get together, um, as we do at Christmas. So myself, Rach, Matt, Helen, Susie, and Jem. And they cooked the most amazing food. Uh, Roast dinner, the full works, and then a lovely pudding, two puddings I had uh, in one bowl. Uh, I was very full afterwards. But they did it in love. They, they, they said, here, we, we love you guys. We want to bless you. And so they did it in love. And I received it in love. I said, yes, I will receive this in love. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful food. I was saying to them, joking, that this is probably one of my spiritual pathways, pathways is food. I, 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 uh, I worship God as I eat good food. Uh, I'm thankful to God that he has designed and created these wonderful tastes and flavors for us. And so... We are to be those that do everything in love. It says in Corinthians, whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We do it all for him. He has given it to us. And Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to do everything in love. I wonder how we are doing, how you are doing at being in love, being in Christ, so that we can do everything in love. Are you... Are you remembering that God has loved you and has clothed you? Are you still, as it were, wearing this robe each day, waking up and going, oh yeah, God, yes, I'm, I'm clothed in your righteousness. I will wear this today. I'll remember that I can do everything today in love because you have loved me. 
first. Are we doing that? Because we can only really do everything in love if we are in the love of Christ. Otherwise, we are going to just be striving and trying to work hard to do it in our own strength, which will burn us out eventually. There's only so much we can do. But if we are truly in Christ and truly remaining in him, remember that picture of the vine? I think we were reminded of it a couple of weeks ago. If we are in the vine, in the love of Jesus, the sap of Jesus flows through us and we can be fruitful, bearing fruit for him as we love others. It's only when we abide in Christ that we're able to do everything in love. And so this is for, so important for us to remember today. As we finish this series, we want to remember this is the theme. This is what it's all about. So we're going to read these final verses. Um, and then I'll just pick a couple of points out from it um, afterwards. So let's just ask, let's ask God now. Let's just pray and ask him to move us once again as we look at his word. Father God, I thank you, even just now being reminded of your love, that we can do everything that we do in love because you have first loved us. And I ask God that you would um, renew our love for you, renew our sight that we can see you for who you really are. Renew our understanding that we are your children adopted into your family. I pray, Holy Spirit, encourage our hearts and our spirits this morning as you speak to us again through your living word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's just read through these last verses. A few, but well, I think it's important to read them. So I'm just going to start from a couple of verses back. So the last two verses of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. I'm in the NIV. And Paul says, Thanks be to God, from verse 57, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Good to start that today, isn't it? We have victory through Jesus Christ. And he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive... I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. Now, after I go through Macedonia, I will come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you a while, or even spend the winter, so that you, may, you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay here at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door of effective work has opened to me, and there are so many who oppose me. Now, when Timothy comes, see to that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord, just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace, so that he may return to me. I'm expecting him along with the brothers. Now, about our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to go to you with the brothers. He was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Do everything in love. 
You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus arrived, because they have supplied what was lacking from you. For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. The churches in the provinces of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their house. All the brothers and sisters here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. If anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be cursed. Come, Lord, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, in these closing remarks, we've seen Paul urging God's people, the Corinthians, to give themselves fully to God and to the work of the Lord. Not half-heartedly, but fully, all in. We see here that he encourages generosity and wise planning in their financial giving. We've heard about us giving today, haven't we? This is what they were encouraged to do. He encourages good relations between them and those who visit. And he ends by passing on warm greetings from others and expressing his own love for them. Uh, and I was just thinking about the way Paul expresses his love, doesn't he? He says, I love you, you know, and you get this in all his letters. I wonder, when, when did you last express your love for a brother or sister in Christ in a manner similar to the way that Paul expresses it here? Do we do that much? Like, you know, explicitly say to one another, I love you. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. I know even in my own immediate family at home, I've got two older brothers, and, um, and we, we love each other, we banter, and we have fun, but there's this, if you asked us, we would say, yeah, we love one another, um, but do I, do we explicitly, me and my brothers, ever actually say, brother, I love you, and to be honest, I, no, not as often as I should, and so for me here, just, it just highlights to me, wow, yeah, I need to practice this. I don't think it's something to just say, oh, it's just something we don't do in our family. Or like, in this church, it's something we don't do. We, you know, we, we get it. We, we know we love each other. We don't actually have to say it. But Paul says it, doesn't he? And Christ calls us to be those that love one another. Why shouldn't we say, brother, sister, I love you? And so maybe it's something to think about, to practice, because we're not only to show it by our actions. He says, do everything in love. So do everything in love would include speaking in love. It includes our speech. So going back to this text we just read through, what are some of the ways that Paul highlights this idea of doing everything in love in his conclusion of this letter? Well, I just want to pick out a couple of the ways that he points to that just in these closing remarks here. So first, if you look at verse 15 of chapter 16, Paul says, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. So doing everything in love includes being devoted to the service of the Lord's people to serving the Lord's people. That's you and I. We are the Lord's people. 
We're to be devoted in serving one another. That's a way of expressing love. Jesus served his disciples in many ways. Uh, one most uh, visual, visually obvious way is when he washed their feet. He served them. He got down and he washed their feet. He, didn't have, he was the master, but he, he served them. And in this chapter, we see that the Corinthians served their brothers and sisters by giving financially. We uh, just heard from Jem and Susie. We, as a church, um, supported them financially for this trip, as well as in prayer. And uh, we served them, so we were devoted to the service of the Lord's people. We served them so that they could devote themselves to the service of the Lord's people in Greece. And so it's, it, it, it continues to bless many people as we do this. So doing everything in love includes being devoted to the service of the Lord's people. Another one, uh, in verse 17, he says, I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus arrived, because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. I don't know if you've ever been, uh, I, it's hard to imagine it now, I was going to say out in a, the heat, doing maybe doing a run or something, some exercise, and you're hot. And sometimes, and you see the runners doing it on TV, they just get some water and they just pour it over themselves. They refresh themselves. Or uh, I recently went with some friends to Snowdon, and we climbed Snowdon, and it was a warm morning. I got really warm hiking. And then there was this bit where there was just some water, and a waterfall, and it's like fresh mountain water. And I remember just getting there and just putting it all over me and getting my hair all wet. Yeah, I know. Dries quicker. So, um, but I just refreshed myself, and it was like, good. Wow, that did me good. And an area that Paul is saying to the Corinthians, you could do better in, perhaps, is by refreshing the spirit of others, as Stephanus Fortunatus and Achaicus did. Are we those who refresh the spirit of one another? Do you do that? Do you refresh others? Is that your um, idea or goal when you meet with someone or when you call them? If you're going to see a friend or a brother or sister in Christ in the church, when you're meeting up with them, do you have in mind, when I meet with them, maybe I'm going to go out for coffee or go to the house or whatever, uh, how could I refresh them? How could I bless them? How could I encourage them in their walk with God, you know? Is that our thought? Or are we going, oh, I want to see them because, you know, they refresh me. And maybe that, that's good. But we should aim to and seek to be those who refresh others. Doing everything in love includes refreshing the spirit of others. And, um, you know, how, how can we do that? Well, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us as well. Say, God, Holy Spirit, help me to be an encouragement to this person or that person today. And do you know what helps us to grow in love? Because it takes the focus off ourselves. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And the second command is to love others. It doesn't say love the Lord, then love yourself. It says love others. And as we do that, we are edified. We are um, encouraged and strengthened as well. Maybe you can, right now, maybe a name has popped into your head of a friend or a relative or someone in this church that you know and you think, oh, maybe I could encourage them this week. Make, make a mental note of that person now or write it down. Maybe actually think, this week, how could I actually encourage, refresh that person? You know, I, 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 there are particular people I know who I spend time with and I, and I always come away feeling refreshed. I'm like, wow, they really 
just did something in me. I was feeling a bit discouraged maybe. And I come away feeling refreshed. They pointed me to God. They, they encouraged me in my faith and in my service to God. And I feel refreshed. And I want to be that person too to others. Do you want to be that kind of person? Imagine if we all were that kind of person. We would be so refreshed, wouldn't we? We'd be walking out of here every Sunday. Woohoo! Yeah. I'm refreshed. I'm encouraged. Paul writes to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. And then in, to the Romans, Paul writes, I love this verse, outdo one another in showing honor in 12.10. Outdo one another in showing honor. What a good challenge, a, a, a healthy challenge for us all to have. I'm going to outdo you in showing honor. Obviously in a good way, there's good competition, but... How can we outdo one another? Yeah, I'm going to honor this person or that person. So we've just looked there at a couple of things that Paul has mentioned in these closing remarks. Doing everything in love includes being devoted to the service of the Lord's people. Doing everything in love includes refreshing the spirit of others. And it includes so much more because doing everything in love includes everything we do doesn't it? If that's what Paul's saying, do everything, then that is everything. So we talk in love. And I would say particularly when talking about someone who's not with us. I remember when I was younger, when I was like a young teenager, I was at Stony Bible Week and I was at a seminar. And someone said this and it stuck with me ever since. They said, if you, would you talk about this person in the way you're talking about them if they were here with you right now? And that really stuck with me, and I find that really helpful counsel and wise uh, advice. So whenever you're with someone else and you're talking about someone who's not with you, always just have that in mind. Would I be saying this about that person if they weren't here, or would I be happy to say this to that person if they were here? If not, then maybe think again about what it is you're saying and your motives for why. Instead, maybe when you're talking with others, think, how can I honor this person even when they're not here? Isn't, isn't that person great? So we talk in love. We work in love. We plan our calendar in love. We serve the church in love. We tell others about Jesus in love. We sing in love. We think in love. We write that email in love. We use our recreational time in love. We refresh the spirit of others in love. We use our spiritual gifts in love. We do everything in love. But how are we to do this? How are we to truly do this? We've already kind of touched on it, but we do this by being in Christ. We, we do everything in love by reminding ourselves that we are dressed in the love of Christ. I'm able to speak to that person who I find difficult, but I'm able to love them and actually say, God, you made that person. They're made in your image. You love them, so I love them. We remember. We remember who we are. It's not about me. It's not like, wow, look at me. I'm such a loving person. I'm only loving and able to love because Christ first loved me. It's only when I abide in Christ that I'm able to do everything in love. So we're to do this. 
We're to remember to pursue Jesus first and foremost. It's as we do that that we will remain in love. And this isn't just like, I've, I've learned, as I was saying at the beginning, I've learned to love. I know what it is to love, so there I'm done. We need to keep coming to Jesus. That's why our vision is bringing myself to Jesus every day. Then I bring my brother and sister to Jesus because that is love. And then I bring my community, those that don't know Jesus, to God because God is love and I am love through God. I'd love to invite the band up because we're going to respond in love. We're going to sing in love in just a moment. But I want to just... Yeah, remind us of that. Put on the love of Christ each day. And secondly, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. I was showing you how I was empowered to be that pirate character when I was a children's entertainer. I was able to do everything because I was empowered in that costume. I'm empowered to love others through Jesus, through the love of God. So are we becoming love? Is it our goal? Is it our main pursuit to love Jesus and love others every day? Or do you want it to be? If not, then we need to go back to Christ and remind ourselves that he he is for us. Therefore, we can and should be for one another. God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the most loving thing that you can ever experience. The love of God freely given to you. I once was lost but now I'm found. I was blind but now I see. He has brought us out of the pit, the mire, the filth that we were once in and he has brought us into this adopted place, cleaned us up, dressed us in this white robe. Next week and in the coming weeks, we're going to be, it's Christmas. We're going to be hearing about the story of Jesus at Christmas time. But what is this story, what is this about? It's not just about fun songs and presents. It's about Jesus. It's about what he came down to do for us. I'd love us to just stand and pray together. Do you want to stand? We're going to sing in a moment. We're going to respond going to declare our praise to Jesus, the one who loves us, the one who this whole book that we've looked at has been about. But I want to just invite us now, just in this moment, maybe you are today feeling like, oh, I find it so hard to love people, or I find it so hard to really believe that I'm truly loved by God. Well, you are, and you are able in him and through him. So if you want to, to open your hands out just to say, God, please help me. God, I love you. And I just encourage you now to do that. And Lord God, I lift my hands to you now as, as we do in this room right now. And we say, Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for clothing us in your righteousness. And we thank you that we have one another. That you've put us in this wonderful family. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to be those that truly love one another. That truly, each day, seek to be those that honor you by loving you and loving one another. We want to become love. We want to do all things in love to bring you glory, Lord. 
You are worthy of all our praise. You are worthy of all our songs. You are worthy of all our thoughts. You are worthy of all our work. You are worthy of it all, Lord. And we do everything in response to that in love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are and for who you've made us to be in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing.